Titus chapter 2. If you're there, say you're there. Okay, good. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read verses 11 through 14. That's our food for today. For the grace of God. I want you to circle that. We're talking about freedom. That comes from grace. For the grace of God. Circle that. Grace of God has appeared. So when something is said like that, you're like, well, when did it appear? Right? Don't you ask questions when you read scriptures? When did it appear? Well, we're going to answer that. Bringing salvation for all people. Training us. Well, how does it train us? The grace of God. How does it train us? Don't you want to know how? Yeah, I want to know how. To renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Waiting for our blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Now I want somebody who has a booming voice to stand up and read that again. Because I want to read this scripture several times today. How many of you guys were in Awana growing up? All right, a few of you guys. Like, I feel like I memorized this at one point. And I feel like when I read it, it just kind of like, meh, 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 meh. It's like the person on, uh, we were watching uh, Snoopy the other day. What was that, Charlie Brown? And they pick up the phone. What is the, no- what, everybody do the noise. What is it? Wah, 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 wah. That's what it sounds like to me. He's like, I've heard this a billion times. Guys, let's not let the things that are familiar to us have contempt. Let's not let the things that are familiar to us just lose its like power. This is a very powerful passage in Scripture, and we need the power that this has in pursuing freedom. So somebody, stand up, read this passage again. Titus 2, 11 through 14. Go ahead. Eric, correct? Great job. Great job. All right, I want to read it one last time. I just thought maybe it would be a little better if you heard it from other people. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. That's good news for you. All people. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, right here, right now, waiting for our blessed hope and appearing, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself 
a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Here's the first point. God's plan, right? We had the blueprints out here. We had the plans. Uh, first three weeks, I, I put them away because I felt like you were getting a little like, well, eh, I've been there, done that. But like, I'll bring it back before the end of the series. I'll get the blueprints out because that's the plans, right? This is God's plan. God's plan is freedom. You're like, well, what does that mean? Salvation for all people. That's what it means. Freedom in Christ. Salvation for all people. You see that in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. All right, there's just a couple things you need to know. The grace of God is powerful. Grace is unmerited favor. That means you cannot, you have not, you will not do something to deserve the grace of God. Ever. Are we clear on that? Because sometimes I'm not clear on that in my behavior. I think, well, if I just treat my wife right, if I just parent my kids well, if I just read my Bible today, if I just do the things I'm supposed to do, then God will be happy with me. That's not grace. That's not grace. The grace of God means when you were still sinners, Christ died for you. When you weren't lovely, he chose to love you. Ours isn't to embrace that love, that grace, but that grace is his, and it's free. The grace of God has appeared How did it appear? When did it appear? Somebody tell me the answer. Come on. Church, this is like the Sunday school answer. Everybody gets right and everybody gets candy. Jesus! It's like it appeared in Jesus. You're like, how do I know that? Well, if you keep reading, he states it. He says it's it's Jesus, the one we're waiting for. It's Jesus who gave his life on the cross. It's Jesus who redeems us from all lawlessness. Yeah, well, and of course, it was Jesus that was born. It was Jesus that lived a perfect life. It's Jesus that empowers you to live in him now. Uh, I'm just going to turn over to John chapter 1. Just because when it says he appeared, I'm like, where? Okay. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, this is Jesus, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm going to skip down to verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, That light is shining on your life right now. I don't know if you feel it, but I pray that you will. Which gives light to everyone has come into the world. Oh, he appeared. Kind of like a sunrise. All of a sudden, the sun came up today. It was like, bam! Woo! There it is. It appeared again. His mercies are new every morning. And that's what happened with Jesus. He's like, oh, here, he's on the scene. He appeared. He came into the world. And the world was made through him. 
yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, his own creation, and his own people, the Jews, did not receive him. Instead, they crucified him. But to all who did receive him, some Jews did, now it's extended to Gentiles, some Gentiles have, maybe you have received him, praise God if you have. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, Jesus' name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, this isn't something you can do, nor of the will of man, but of God. I want to put a verse on the screen that will show this to you. This is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's not of the flesh. It's not of works. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You can't be like, whoa, look at me. Look at God's grace on my life. Look at how God loves me so much. No. There's nothing you did to deserve it. Grace is unmerited favor. Keep going here in 1 John. It says the word became flesh. That's Jesus. And he dwelt among us. That's the humankind. And we have seen his glory. I think we're still seeing it in the reflection of this mirror right here. We're holding up the Bible. (laughs) But John had seen it face to face. We see it through this mirror a little more dimly than he saw it. It was clearer to him than it is to us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace. Full of truth. And then it says in verse 16, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. For the grace of God has appeared in Jesus Christ. When Jesus came through Mary to us, right? Because the Father came upon Mary, right? Virgin born. There was an appearing. And Jesus was born in a manger. We're going to celebrate that in a a month or so. He appeared. And he didn't just appear once. He kept showing up every day. And he showed up on the day he was supposed to be crucified. And he willingly died for us. And he brought salvation for all people. Now this isn't universalism. I just want to be clear on this. Like some people, oh, everybody's saved. I'll just go live like you know what. (laughs) No, no, this isn't like cheap grace, free grace, a lot of people get, oh, I'm all about grace. Like, it's hyper grace, right? It's like, I can never do anything wrong in God's eyes. Um, excuse me, then why did Jesus have to die? No, but he did die, and now he's covered my sin. Like, you get a lot of these people who will just be like, grace, grace, God's grace, you know? And there is a balance to that grace. Yes, I feel grace, and I know the truth. That I can grieve the Holy Spirit, that I can sin against God even after salvation, and that that sin hinders my walk with Him. That's why we take communion, right? Not because this has anything that's going to like make me clean, 
but because Jesus gave us an example in John 13. He said, I'm going to wash your feet now. And, and he gets to Peter, and Peter's like, you'll never wash my feet. And what did, what did he say to him? Well, if, you don't, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no, no place with me. We're not together. We're not in communion. And Peter said, like, like an extreme guy like me would do, then wash everything. <laughs> Clean me up, God. I'll take a whole bath, please. And what did Jesus say? John 13. You're already clean. You don't need a bath, but you need your feet washed. And that's what this is. We are washing feet, right? And there needs to be that over and over again. And and this isn't just, there's no like special merit in the juice we're going to drink or in the cracker we're going to partake of. There's no special merit in that. What it is Honestly, this is a symbol, but it reminds us spiritually that we are lost without the blood and body of Jesus Christ. We are separated from God. We need to come back to that again and again and again. So as we do that today, I hope that you, and I pray that you will prepare your heart. I know sometimes I come in and uh, I feel really spirit-filled. You ever been there? And you're singing, it's like, oh, this is amazing, I love it. And other times you come in and you're like, man, I don't feel it today. Anybody been there? Come on, don't leave the preacher up here. And you're like, I don't know, I just, I'm not connecting, I don't get it. I, that's a thing. And if you're not feeling the Holy Spirit, then maybe you need to get with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to ask the Holy Spirit, what is grieving you? What is between us? And that's what we're doing here when we come to the communion table. So I'm excited to celebrate that with you. God's plan, freedom, salvation for all. Salvation for all. It's available to all. We don't deserve it, but that doesn't mean all will receive it. You must receive it by faith through the grace of God. Let me say this. There's a second thing. Our problem, bondage. Sin takes us captive. Our problem is we're in bondage to sin. Our problem is the world is an evil place and we live here. Our problem is Satan is working overtime to twist up your thinking, who you are, what you are, who, what you'll do today. He's trying to twist it all up. He's trying to get you to think wrong thoughts not sound doctrine like we studied last week. So, we have this problem. It's bondage. Sin takes us captive. Has anybody ever felt captive by sin? All right. I've felt it. You've felt it. Well, how do we break free from it? Because I think that's what I really want to focus on in this point. It does take us captive. Do you see it there? What is the words in verse 12? Training us. Are you in training right now? Grace training? Grace of God training? Freedom training? Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Do you know what renounce is? Renounce doesn't mean it's going to go away. Renounce means I say no. It's like... That thought comes to mind, I say, no, I don't want that. That feeling comes to me, I don't want that. 
I choose Jesus, not that. Because it's not like your desires are going to change overnight. It's not like you're never going to get tempted again. But when you do, it's how you capture that. It's how you, no, that's not who I am. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit says, I am one with Jesus Christ. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I have the love of a precious Father. I do not want that. I renounce that in Jesus' name. Sometimes you need to use Jesus' name in renouncing it. What are we to renounce through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God training us? What are we to renounce? Ungodliness. A lack of respect for God. And worldly, what does it say? Worldly what? Passions. Wanting what the world wants. What does the world want? Somebody say what the world wants. Money. Pornography. Sex. Power. Fame. To be cool. What? Pleasure, yes, for sure. Fortune. And it's not just that the world wants it. It's like fast food society. I want it now. My way right away. I want it here, I want it now. Your cell phone has taught you how to do that? Oh, I can get it right now. It's at the fingertips. (laughs) Our culture has taught us that. And if we have to wait patiently for anything, it just throws us into a tailspin. We need to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and then to deny, say no, and then we need to live. Doesn't that sound like freedom? Living. (laughs) We get to live. Like truly live. Not like Zombieville, right? We live in Rochester. It's like Zombieville. It's like people just go to work, do their thing, go home. Just like, are you living? Wake up! You're like, come on. Do you even know that there's a God who loves you? Do you even know that he gave his only son for you? Do you even know that the Holy Spirit will empower you? You don't even, your life isn't your own. You don't even have to think about what you're going to say next. He'll do it. It's amazing what we have in Christ. So we're going to live. How are we going to live? It says it here. We're going to live self-controlled. He said that a bunch of times last week, did he not? Self-control means living sensibly, sober-minded. Then we're going to live upright. Upright is righteous, the right way. We're going to live the right way according to the word of God. And then we're going to live godly lives in this present age. So there it is, in this present age. Right now, right here. Here and now, we're going to live for Christ. Look at it this way. We're going to live, what was the first word? Self-controlled, right? That's inward. Inward, right? I want strength in my inward man, okay? Pray for that daily, right? That's inward. Then what's the next word? Upward, right? Upright, is that what it is? Upright, okay, that's outward. Around us, people around us should know that we're living the right way, that we're living by the book, that we're living according to God's standard. In his power, okay? Not in our own strength. And then what's the last thing? Godly, correct? That's upward. That's between me and God. 
So inward, outward, upward, upside down. We're living in an upside down kingdom. All right. That's how I remember it. I'm to live inward, outward, upward, a righteous, power-filled life in freedom, not in bondage. I think i got to make this point really practical. What sin are you struggling with right now? Because you know that you have one. You know there's the one, right? That's just like keeps tripping you up. And you're like, I can't get any victory over this. I've been there. Lust. That problem. You just can't get any victory over. And I want to submit to you that you should stop trying so hard to get victory over that sin And you should start depending more on the grace of God which trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live, right? To live. Rest more in the grace. Do you think that God's condemning you right now because of your sin? Do you think that? Church, do you think that God's condemning you right now because of your sin? Maybe you do. Romans 8.1 says, For there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Now, hypergrace will take that too far. They'll say there's no conviction. No, I think the Holy Spirit convicts the believer daily. I think they should, he should. We're convicted of our sin, but we're not condemned for it. Jesus has paid the price. This next thing, Well, before I get off that, I just felt like I escaped by that. What is holding you captive? Are you willing to get your eyes on that? Submit it to God. Get your eyes right off of it. Go right to the grace of God and say, God, the only way I'm going to have victory over this is through the power of your Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. And I'm focused on your love, your power, your strength, not focused on not doing that. If you focus on not doing that, okay, don't look at me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Nothing to see here. Don't look at me. Like the more I tell you not to look, what do you want to do? The more you want to look, right? The more you focus on that sin, the more it'll trip you up. Get your eyes off of that sin, okay? Know what it is. Give it to God. Renounce it. Say no to it. And then Live in the grace of God. God's grace is the thing that will set you free. All right, this next point. I think I've belabored that long enough. The next point. God's solution. This is good news. Redemption. Purchased by Jesus. He says here, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Waiting for our blessed hope. Our blessed hope. Hope is not like this, like, well, maybe it'll happen. Hope is like this assurance of good things to come. We know that Jesus is coming back. How do we know that? He came the first time. He came the first time. He said he was coming the first time. There's so many prophecies in the Old Testament, right? 
He said he's coming back. Do you think he's going to do it again? I think he's going to do it again. (laughs) So it's not like, well, maybe he'll do it, maybe he won't. He's coming back. Whether you want to believe it or not, he's coming back. He said he was and he's going to do it. God has never lied. He's coming back. So, waiting, I'm waiting for him to come back. I love his appearing. I want him to come back today. I don't want to live in this hole of a place anymore. I'd like to go to heaven and be with Jesus. I'd like to get to know him better. Right? This book teaches me some. The Holy Spirit teaches me some. But can you imagine being face to face with Jesus? How much more you're going to learn second by second, day by day? For eternity? Learning more and more about the character of God? Can't wait. But I'm waiting for that blessed hope for the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who is coming back, who gave himself for us to redeem us. There's our word. God's solution is redemption, purchased by Jesus. The hope of this dying world is a future where they see Jesus face to face and they've embraced him as their Lord and Savior, as their only hope over sin and suffering. Hmm. To redeem means to release someone held captive, a slave or a prisoner who's been in bondage. And it's when a payment or a ransom has been made or given. What did we just sing? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain. But he washed it white as snow. We're going to go to communion now. Okay? Grab the elements. Get those in your hand. And as we do that, I want you to think about the redemption you have that you've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. In this last verse, verse 14, God's solution, redemption, right there who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. It's like he's reiterating the passage. Didn't he say at the beginning, didn't he say, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled and upright and godly lives in this present age. And then he says it again, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us. Jesus appeared. He's the one that brings salvation, redemption. But they have this like lawlessness, right? That we need to renounce and deny. And he wants to purify, to train you, to sanctify you, to redeem you from lawlessness. Here's how he say it theologically. When you accept Jesus Christ, you have been justified. That means the gavel went down and God said, you're going free because Jesus stepped in and took your punishment. See, sin, grace, it's not free. Sin demands a punishment. Jesus is the one that took the punishment. So this, this isn't cheap. Don't make this cheap. Oh yeah, it's easy. It's great. We just celebrate communion. It's like Jesus died for you. Every sin you've committed since the last time you, you know, ate communion, 
He paid that price. Yeah, I know he paid it before. Praise the Lord. But we need to feel the effects of that enough to keep us from going and just doing it again and again and again. We can't cheapen grace. What, should we continue to sin that grace may abound? It says God forbid. So it's not try harder. It's trust God more. But we need to feel the effects of our sin. Okay, so I hope you're holding this and feeling this. God's solution, he wants to purify you. He wants to redeem you. To purify for himself. That got me this week for himself. Jesus didn't save you just to let you live however you want. You're his. Jesus didn't die so that you could do whatever you want on the planet. You're his. Jesus gave you a new life and you can live it differently than this world lives. My response And I pray that it will be accepting even Christ for the first time, if you haven't. But maybe it's committing your life again to Him. Acceptance. My response, acceptance. Embracing freedom through Jesus Christ. I don't know what you've been through this week. I don't know what's hard. I don't know if you're living in freedom or if you're living in bondage. But I do know this, you can pursue freedom today. And I think communion is one of the best ways to do that. To come to the table and to say, God, forgive me for my sin. In 1 John, he says this. I'm just going to flip over and read it for you. 1 John, he says this. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, it's not because you walked in here today that you have fellowship with him. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. I want that cleansing. I want that cleansing for you. I want that freedom. I want you to walk out of here head high, not hanging your head because of what you did last night or what you did last week. I want you to be free from it. That comes through confession. That comes through forgiveness. Let's read it. Verse 8 if we say that we have no sin, eh, I'm, I'm good. Jesus paid for everything. I don't have any sin. I didn't sin again. Eh. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins through Jesus, right? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we haven't sinned, He says it again, we make Him a liar. Don't make Jesus a liar today. And his word is not in us. Okay, here it is. The body of Jesus Christ, which was broken for your sin. Whatever you're thinking about, whatever sin has beset you, and it trips us up easily, doesn't it? I wish it didn't. We can live in freedom through Jesus Christ. His body broken for us. Let's pray.
God, right now, in my heart and life, I pray that you forgive me. There's many things I'm thinking about specifically, but even all of those things, there's things I I can't even remember. There's things I can't even comprehend. I don't even think I did wrong that I did wrong that you know. And I pray, God, that my sins, both known and unknown, would be forgiven through the body and blood, through the payment and freedom that I have and everyone in this room can have through Jesus Christ. We love you, God. Forgive us for our sins. Thank you for your grace, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your grace, God, in our lives. Thanks for coming for us when no one should have came for us. And thank you now for forgiving us and reminding us that we have freedom in you. We do not have to be a slave to sin. I pray this in the Holy Spirit. I pray this in the great name of the Son. And I pray this, God, by your love. Amen. His body broken for us. The stew is remembering him. His blood running down that cross spilled for us freely. Every drop precious carrying so much power and weight. Let it run over you today. Let it cleanse you from all unrighteousness. His blood poured out for you for the remission of your sins.